Daniel, it's you and I today. How are you? I'm good. It's like it's it's we're doing that a uh, rhythm of the rotation again. Remember when there was always just two of us each time? Uh, what it was that uh, like last month where it was like I was gone for an episode and Alex then you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it reminds us of when we first started the podcast and you were away and it was just it Alex was. for like the first yeah. hundred episodes. It's funny you think we're we're not far from three hundred. I think no, we're not. We're almost there. Well, that's a lot of podcasts. What are we going to do for 300? I don't know. Um, Invite Jared. Jared, What's his name? Uh, Gerald Butler? Gerard Butler? Gerard Butler. The guy who played. I got it. I got it. Hey, 300. 300. Uh, Hockey, though. Hockey. First Mm -hmm. off, this is the most important thing, not the Bruins. We're going to get to that in a second. Happy belated birthday to who I think is the greatest player to ever play the game of hockey. You know this if you listen to the show long enough. Happy birthday to Sidney Crosby. Uh, there's a fantastic article in The Athletic that's talking about him uh, that just came out. I want everyone to go read it. Uh, a guy who it's, – it's nice to see or hear about Sidney Crosby that he's actually one of the good guys. Um, I've always said that I'm worried for the day we lose Sidney Crosby in the game of hockey. Um, but I just, I wanted to, to really point out first, you know, forget about Bergeron and that forget about Pacioretty and Huberto and all that. Uh, Sidney Crosby, the man, the myth, the legend. Happy birthday. We love Sidney Crosby. It's so weird. It's 35. I know. That's so weird to me. Sid, the kids getting old. Few years left on the contract. He'll probably play beyond it because it's said he's always sort of been seen as the guy that maybe you'd have to, he's going to play until he can't do it anymore. And I think mm. it's good for the game if he's there the whole time. You know what I mean? Voice it's up. kind of proving it to me. Yeah. Like the longevity aspect mm-hmm. of it. Like a lot of people listed the injuries he's gone through, the concussions. And yeah. despite that, the type of numbers he's been able to do that. In a way, he never really skipped a beat, and he kind of adapted to what he needed to do for the for the team. Become that two way guy. He didn't always have to put up the most points, and it's just it's just crazy to me that uh, he's still doing this at an elite level, despite the way the Penguins have been. I I guess with the first round exits, mm-hmm. Crosby's always been the bright spot there. So if you funny if you look back, I remember before the season started, or actually it might have been like a few weeks and I pointed out on the show that Sidney Crosby's point per game in every single season he's ever played. After this past one, he's still point per game in every season he's ever played. And the all around game is sensational. Uh he's a model player. Uh, I don't I don't think I really need to tell people that. There are a few hockey players that are bigger than the game itself. Wayne's up there, obviously. I don't know how many more there are, but Sidney Crosby to me has always been up there. Uh, I have legit all the respect in the world for the guy. And uh, you know what? I, I remember a couple of years ago, I tried to watch more Edmonton Oilers hockey to appreciate Connor McDavid. And uh, I think next season, my goal is to watch as much Pittsburgh as possible to sort of really appreciate Sidney Crosby because he just plays the game the right way. That's a term that's sort of used too much in hockey, but seriously, um, you know, we joke on the TikTok that I get bullied a lot in the comments because I love Sidney Crosby so much. But He's one of the segments here, what you said. Exactly. For the TikTok. It's just, you know, but um, seriously, it, it's, it's, we should be happy every day that he's in the game uh, because he's tremendous, tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, it also feels silly back when I remember when we were younger and there was always the Crosby Ovechkin debate. And it's like, no, nah, it shouldn't. It's still weird to think that Crosby didn't get a Calder trophy because Ovechkin beat him. And oh, yeah, by the points. Cool. I remember uh, I was, when I was in elementary, elementary school, um, the, the point counter TSN had. For it, I always thought that was awesome. They always compared the goals and the assists, and then they would show all the highlight reels from the night before if both of them were playing of how did they get to there. And I thought that was a, one of the few times I'm like, they really did very well with hyping up and commercializing their players. See, see, here's the problem is, you know, with all respect to McDavid and Matthews, they don't have the sort of hatred that Crosby and Ovechkin had for each other in their younger days. Even, you know, Sidney Crosby and, and like Claude Giroux had, you know what I mean? 
even the Malkin Ovechkin stuff from back in the day. There, we don't have a lot of that true hatred between superstars today. Kachuk, maybe, who obviously mm-hmm. with, with, with Drew Doughty a couple of years ago was was a big one, but that's sort of we're not going to get that as much now that now that Kachuk's in Florida, mm-hmm. which is a shame. Yeah. But we don't really have that sort of hatred and duels. You know, we might have like I, I want to say it was maybe the, I can't remember if it was the night that. There was a Saturday night, obviously, where the Leafs played at 7, and then it was the Oilers at 10. And it was just back-to-back performances of just incredible hockey from McDavid and then Matthews, respectively, or other way around because the Leafs at 7, obviously. Uh, Eastern time. Sorry, the West. We don't care. We do, but sorry. But I, it's just we have that, but we don't have hatred. And I think you need a bit of hatred in the game. You know what I mean? It's um, Crosby's rarely snap, but when he does, it's always like, oh. Yeah. Well, I think he when he was younger he did obviously, but nowadays he rarely sort of crosses the line. But when he does, it's like, ooh, sit, thank you. But that's what we need more of. That's what we need a lot more of. We'll see what happens. But. Yeah, we'll see. I think a big thing with that too is um, and it's funny how we always use the Last Dance as an example of yep. Michael Jordan talking about how two things. He didn't win the MVP in 1993. That was Charles Barkley. And then how he had to show him in the finals why he was the best player in the world, even for that year, mm-hmm. by beating Phoenix in six games. And then when they said the second best player, the second best shooting guard at the time was Clyde Drexler. And then Michael Jordan also beat him in the finals. No disrespect to Clyde, but being compared to him, yeah. Well, even like, what did they always talk about besides, I think it was besides the Pacers. Their biggest robbery was against the Pistons. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, the Dennis Rodman bit, the bad boy Pistons. There was hatred there. See that, by the way, Philly Flyers, that's what you should be. Let's do that. Let's bring back those Flyers. That would always help. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll never forget that Flyers-Penguin series. You know, oh, like, yes. back in the day, they were great, man. Um, I always remember the Jordan style. I know it's not a big highlight, but. The Jordan stall like goal is like this trick shot he did from like far away. And I thought that was always so awesome. And then uh, when those games would go up to like eight, six mm-hmm. and everyone's just fighting at the end of the game. I uh, I always forget that Jordan stall was a penguin. I don't know what it is, but it's always like, oh, yeah, it was a thing. Remember there's that like famous video of PK Subin at the zoo or something. And you just see so he's in like he sees these ducks and he's like, ah, there's there's. There's like Bobby Ryan going to going to Ottawa or whatever, and he like penguins be like, ah, oh, Jordan Stahl's on the way. It's a really funny one. I think it's him and Cabby Richards. Uh, oh, Cabby, a legend. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. doing uh, a bit, of, a lot of bets, betting stuff right now. But I understand it's the does trend. He, does he do anything else on Sportsnet? I've only ever seen the betting odds. Have you seen Cabby on the street before? No. He was the guy that actually inspired me to not be scared to do streeters. Because he used to do uh, this segment called Cabby on the Street. I believe it was from The Score mm-hmm. when they had a TV channel with Tim and Sid. Yeah, and yeah. like he would just do so well with streeters. And even when I was younger, I'm like, man, like that used to be the most frightening thing I would think of in journalism. Explain to people who don't know what a streeter is. So a streeter basically is you have a story in mind and you want to kind of get a spur of the moment pedestrian, you know, voice of the public type of thing for your uh for your um for your piece and you know hoping they do stop and speak to you (laughs) and actually give you their name and everything um you just go up and talk to people and it's probably one of the things that i hope to master one time in our career essentially just picking random people off the street to talk to it is one of the first things we did in first year at, at Ryerson, mm-hmm. Toronto Metropolitan University. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and it is the most anxiety-inducing thing in the world. You know what's the worst for me? What? This, is like, this happened like two or three times where they give you an amazing response. And then they're like, sorry, I can't tell you my name. I got a I remember it. You remember this, Daniel, because we, we did it together. Mm-hmm. It was Shanaz's lab, and at the time, I don't think lead, weed was legal in Canada yet, or it was in the process of becoming legal. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they told us, your first assignment, go out, do streeters, ask people what they think about the legalization of weed. And it was still somewhat sensitive back then, which is crazy to think now. And people didn't want to comment on it uh, because it was, it was weed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Years ago, it was still sort of like, oh, God, weed, it's scary. 
nowadays it's whatever but yeah i remember that was a that was a really big issue that we had that we got good quotes people were like yeah i want to give you my name yeah it's like, and then you have to be like oh but only me and my professor are gonna see and it's like no nah, it's just a, like no we can't trust you I'm like, okay it's like, oh, I'm, give me a hand here give me a hand here but it's a great way to sort of get you out of your comfort zone straight away. yeah for sure um but back to hockey um daniel i love the fact that the bruins have brought back their one-two punch down the center of the past decade and it has cost them the same amount they signed pavel zaka for anyway david Krejci is back for a million dollars patrice bergeron who just had the career year of his life which is just at his age and his career back at 2.5 million dollars there's some bonuses in there that will affect the season afterwards we don't care about that 3.5 million dollars against the cap for david Krejci and patrice bergeron next year uh, I wish Alex was here just so we could see how sick he is of seeing the Bruins sort of triumphantly coming for this last dance. But my God, I hate the Bruins. Like it's crazy, and I'd like to say that um, I'd like to thank two things, two no one thing and one person uh, apparently for this happening. So apparently they spoke at Tukarask's wedding. And uh, they started reminiscing about 2011 and how fun that was. And they wanted to give it one more try to just get a championship for Boston playing together. And uh, pretty crazy the way they've been given. uh, It's again, we always talk about with the Bruins, that sense of loyalty, that hometown discount. They're always been able to get. And it's amazing that a lot of people, we, we think about Patrice Bergeron, but we also see that, you know, a lot of players have, have had that mentality as well. And for the ones that really kind of don't have that mentality and they like, I'll, I'll say a Tory Krug who wanted to see how he was on the open market. Mm-hmm. They're still able to bounce back after all those losses. So it's just, it's weird to me. Like it's like the same Bruins team throughout all of this because of the guys they've been able to bring back and put there. Uh-huh. So, you know, what's, what's funny is I remember saying on the podcast enough of giving the Bruins credit for this sort of hometown discount thing. Cause I was like, you know, Bergeron's deal is, was at the end of an eight year deal. The contract was so long ago. It didn't count. Marshans too. Uh, and then Krejci and Bergeron sort of slap me in the face and say, ah, here we go. The, the rating defending Selkie trophy trophy winner is making less than $3 million next year or against the cap. That is disgusting. That is insane. I'm I'm remembering three episodes ago when we talked about Eric Halla, who was traded for Pavel Zaka. Um, mm-hmm. how we were mentioning what's gonna happen when uh Bergeron retires, like Eric Halla becomes what their number one center, or last year where they said we talked about how they don't have a real second line center, and then they get their two top line centers back and you know they took a flyer on Pavel Zaka. He could play the wing, he was drafted as a center and I just have this strong feeling that at 25, at what he's been able to produce on a bad Devils team, the way Boston has been able to mold guys the way they do, I I sense a bounce back season from him. Now, let's just point out, David Krejci, obviously, if anyone doesn't remember, played in the Czech League last year, had a great year, 20 goals, 46 points in 51 games played. Take with that as you will. And he is he is 36 years old. Now, David Krejci's never been the fastest skater to begin with, and it's sort of been a big advantage of his game, and it speaks to the type of player he is that he still managed to play at an extremely high level. Um, But what sort of helps here for the Bruins is we know that they were going to be injured for the start of next season. We know that. But all of a sudden, having the support of of Bergeron and having Krejci back there is going to be massive for the the start of the season. Um, Not to mention, Krejci coming back, might have the best sort of line mates he's had. Remember the joke used to be that David Krejci never had any good line mates? Let's say that they, because obviously a lot of the time last year, the perfection line wasn't actually together. So let's just say that it's Krejci, and let's just throw a random thing. Let's say it's Jake DeBrusque and David Pasternak. And then you have Taylor Hall or Craig Smith, because I know it cycles around. Or you just have the perfection line together, and then you have DeBrusque Hall and David Krejci. That's not bad. And then it That's bumps, of course, Pavel Zaka down to around the third line. And I don't know if he if he's gonna play on Charlie Coyle's wing because we're still fair with but then it also bumps down Craig Smith to the third line. And then all of a sudden 
the Bruins are the Bruins. And did you? You didn't mention someone. Who did I forget? A favorite of the show. Uh, what, Mister? I can't even remember his name. Who? I can't. Mister. Three point five million. I can't remember his name. Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno. Oh God, yeah. Oh, he's. <laughs> I didn't know he wore number seventeen for the Bruins. Milan Lucic is saying, "How dare you?" The Bruins, man. The Bruins. Uh, it's sickening to see, but they just... get upset. I think so. I think uh, there's like an extra jolt. We'll see how it goes. But if this is truly the last dance for them, um, yeah. What what a way to go. Daniel, by the way, that thing about the last dance, I think that may have been fake. Which I one? The quote may have been fake. Which one? Oh. What about uh, at, at, at the being like, oh, I guess it's the last dance kind of thing? That part may be fake. Obviously, well, I didn't see the last dance one I added. It wasn't a. Oh, you didn't? Because there was a fake quote going around there when they referenced the last dance. Oh, okay. Yeah. I No, I, I just, I think I've been using the last dance as just a, as a theme. I feel like everyone has since it's come out. It's difficult to talk about sports without me. It's like, I've used the last dance for the Penguins. I've used last dance for, I don't know, what else? The other team and is kind of... bring everyone back. Yeah. I'm, no, I did not uh, use okay. one okay. of the fake quotes. I made sure I cited everything. Uh, last dance thing was my own added Good man. Uh, interpretation. They're still, I think... Uh, it's funny that they're still probably going to be a wild card team. And that's not an insult. That's just saying... We already know how stacked the Atlantic division is. But then David Krejci coming back just sort of flips everything on its head. Um, not to mention, we got to remember that Brad Marchand had major surgery. I think it wasn't a hip. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take a long time. Like, he may not even be 100% back to normal by the time the playoffs start. So I'm not ready to say the Bruins are, like, cup contenders again. But... They're playoff contenders. I have a yeah. difficult time seeing them miss next year, especially when they get healthy. And we know it's not even just the Bruins. We know how Boston sports are, and they just get stronger as the year goes go by. Like, look at the Celtics last year. They were, like, the best team after the trade deadline and then made it all the way to the finals and then, you know, lost to Steph. We don't talk about that. Swept KD in that. You'd love to see it. The nerve of Kevin Durant. Keep me or the GM and the coach. coach yeah, that's crazy. I really want it. <laughs> anyway, just a scum. Just scum. Hate it. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Huberto re-signing Calgary, though. Yeah. Hasn't played a game, but he got $10.5 million per. It's an eight-year deal. I almost went to Florida to check this sort of thing. No, he's in Calgary now, Adam. Uh, so it obviously doesn't kick in this year because he's on a one-year deal technically now. Uh, but it will kick in next season again from 5.9 million this season to a 10.5 million dollar cap hit. Uh, one of the best passers in the league. I know there was some information out there about it may have been Jay Fresh. I could get this wrong. That certain playmakers like Huberto, their games sort of last a little longer than sort of you know a power forward or a sniper in that right. And they reference guys like Yager, like Marty Saint Louis, obviously. Um, guys who played later into their career, we're still playing. Uh, yeah, I'm still playing. But, uh, you know, John Huber, that was a guy, I know a lot of people in Panthers and even Baumgartner talked about, you know, his age and that. Um, I do think 10 and a half is a little rich, though. He had, the, I think he's fair to say he had the leverage. Yeah. On Alan Walsh, you're getting the deal, but it's a big ticket. I really thought that was going to be a number that we'd see if he wanted to test free agency because we didn't really know what was going to happen before the trade and then after the trade mm-hmm. at this point, I think that he did have all the leverage he had. Cal- he knew in Calgary, they had to resign him and we're going to get to Mackenzie Weger after, but they really had to sign Huberto because the way the trade went down, um, I think it changes a lot for me, this commitment. I, it is kind of rich. It, he is going to be 30 soon, but this is the type of deal you have to do when you do trade a big piece like Matthew Kachuk and you still want to win. You you don't want to go into a full rebuild. You don't want to go into a you know weird transition of whether this retool is going to last a while or not or it's going to produce what you really want. And in my opinion, it changes the trade quite a bit for me now that Calgary's mm-hmm. not just thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? There's so many question marks here. They actually have people there who are committed. Did I miss something with Uyghur? What's what's up with that? I believe he is. Was he? He was. They were talking about an extension with him as well, right? 
Were they? Well, I, 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 I know I do. I do remember things saying that they were going to talk to him, but what is it expected? They're having a deal out soon. Story to keep an eye on. We'll see. Yeah. But even I, I think at the time we were talking about if they can re-sign one of these guys, let's not forget Jonathan Huber, though, guy who was in for the heart last year. I think he was the second leading scorer in the league, or at worst, I think he was top three. I think for his, the wing he plays, he had a historic year when it came to assists, because Alan Walsh tweeted about it every night. Um, it's an incredible player. I, I'd say the more I think about it, it was probably fair if he stayed in Florida with the Florida tax, or lack of tax there, obviously. It would have been around nine and a half people were mm. talking about. So going to Calgary and sort of the tag, you know, Canada tax. And I'm not saying like, so let me, the, the, the taxes here in Canada and especially like, you know, it, it's different from Florida. We talked about that. Um, number does make sense to me, actually, the more I think about it. But it's just to think, hey, he's making, he's making Jonathan Taylor's money right now. Yeah. Carey Price. I'd rather have Jonathan Huberto, though. Do you know what year Jonathan Huberto was born? Uh, 1993. You were absolutely right. The same year, the greatest movie of all time, Jurassic Park, was released. Oh, I think it was the last time the Habs won. I thought you were going to do the Quebecois connection. Yeah, Habs fans were a little upset about that, too. They were like, ah, here we go, no. It's okay, just wait the eight years. I'm not going to know. <laughs> You're Luke Dubois. He's coming. Uh, we're all waiting for that, don't we? Uh, all is forgiven if he goes to Montreal for you, right? I will be, how do I put this? Uh, I I will be hopefully optimistic for Pierre-Luc Dubois. If he takes a single shift off in Montreal, he's going to get eviscerated for it. And I'm ready. <laughs> Just be careful, man. Be careful what you wish for. The the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, of course. You just got to remember that. You just got to remember that. Uh, Jesper Bratt and the New Jersey Devils. The Devils had a few sort of things to do with, uh, with arbitration. Um, but they get the deal done with Jesper Bratt, who had, you know, a very good year last year. Um, they avoid arbitration. Yeah. Now, what was the joke? So the Devils were going to offer like four. That was their want. Bratt wanted north of six and everyone, yeah. was, everyone joked. Okay. So they're going to get, he's going to get like 5.4 for arbitration. And instead of going to the ARB, the Devils and him settle at $5.45 million as the cap hit. <laughs> It's another chance for, or it's a chance for Brad to sort of show that last year wasn't a fluke, yeah. aka the seventy-three point season up from thirty the season before. Um, this has sort of been a very contentious thing this season, the negotiation between Brad and that. But if he pops off again next year, they the give Devils him the money. are going to have to pay him. Yeah, like really have to pay him, especially because even and I believe he'd be an RFA still next year. Uh, his arb case could be even better next year. Yeah, and then for I me, think at that age, he'd be a year away from UFA because he's twenty four now. Yeah, for me, I, I don't, know, I expected them to kind of maybe extend him a little longer. Not really, you know. This is a very baseball tactic kind of thing. Like you don't want to keep doing these types of deals. Um, he's just a guy, an example of a guy that New Jersey, we we haven't really seen a whole lot of the way they've been able to draft outside of the first round sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, he's a guy that he, he's developing into potentially, you know, he's, I think he's all-star level already. He be, could become a star, um, all, at least offensively, or someone that they could anchor there. And I don't know. I, I, I thought he was going to get a longer deal than he did. Um, you know, this might be something that, it's, it's a bit aged, but I'm comparing it to Zach Parise, where he kept doing these one-year deals. Eventually, he just walked. And I don't want to see that with New Jersey again. I I was not expecting a Zach Parise. What was the, the what do you think I was going to... Oh, what do you think I was going to reference? I don't know. It just wasn't Zach Parise. Oh, okay. I thought it was like, so, you think a different player. So I, I thought Brat was turning 25 this year, and then he'd be 26, and then maybe he'd be... But no, he, he actually turned 24 July 30th. So I think he'd be... Uh, He's still two years away from UFA, I think. Because okay. I'm pretty sure by now he's played the necessary games. Yeah, he's played 307. Jeez, he's been around a while. Yeah, no, wow. Wow. I, okay. I, I believe he was there last time they made the playoffs, right? Like 2000. Uh, hold on. 18? Wait, I have his stats here. Uh, okay. 2018. Uh, yeah, in 2017 18, he played a single game. Okay. Remember when uh, Kucherov like, brained Taylor Hall, I think it was, and he didn't get. 
Oh yes, that was a very uh I remember that. Like Brian Boyle was just toying with Nico Hishier. So that was the one year I remember where every, you know, obviously the first round's difficult to cover. And I think every year, at least for me, there's one series I just can't get a, a grasp on. Like I just, it slips through my mind. That year it was the Devils and, and the Lightning. <laughs> that year I was like, I, I just, I couldn't keep up with them. I, uh, I definitely could not keep up. It was, it was difficult. Uh, just start going back to Calgary actually, because they actually got some other business done. Uh, good for a true living. Just that whole fan base has to be feeling. He's better. saving himself. Oh, he definitely is. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Shillington, not Killington. Two-year mm-hmm. deal, two point five million dollars for him. Had a really good start to the year, I remember. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little quiet towards the back half of it, but that's a fine little deal. Especially if they can get Weger locked up, that defense already looks stacked enough. And sort of maybe having him in a more sheltered, deeper role wouldn't be the worst thing. No. I like it. I think he's a guy too that he was committed to staying in Calgary. Um, he's someone that will help with the depth. Uh, not a lot of question marks, I think, on their defense. Like we just think about Yusuf Elamaki and where they're going to really place him now because he played in the he went back and forth. Um, so it's just solid for me. I think he's he's got to be seventh guy. Look, because obviously they love Zadorov. Yeah. Um, and that's then, such uh, a Daryl Sutter guy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, they're looking good, but the big one there too, uh, Andrew Mangiapane gets a three-year deal, $5.8 million. Uh, another guy who had a really hot start to the year, if you remember, yeah. I think it was at one point, like, he was right there in the Rocky conversation, still finished the year with 35 goals, which isn't bad, but I do believe this walks him to free agency at the end because he's 26 now. He feels a lot younger than that. Yeah. He was a late bloomer. I remember, um, sixth round pick. Took quite a while, and then I guess like the last two years of his breakout party that he had the real championships, the way he's been able to really mold his game in Calgary, and a lot of pressure there, I think, with this deal, because essentially what he takes Johnny Goudreau's minutes. I think that's Huber, though. I think it's more Kachuk. He probably tries to take a bit of. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. You can look at it. Um, I still, I, I love mentioning this. I remember when it was that big free agency, when it was all the RFAs like Marantanen and that, right? The Marner year. Mm-hmm. I remember Andrew, Mangi- Andrew Mangiapane being one of the last ones and us at the time being like, who the hell is this guy? I don't even remember how to say his name back then. Didn't know how. And now look at him. He's one of the core members of the Flames. Oh, Alex's boy. Uh yeah, the bread the bread eater. Uh the bread eater. But yeah, like seriously, the flames are doing business. Like they're getting lots done, which is what you know that fan base kind of needs, to be honest. Because it was dark for a few days. It was. After the Edmonton series, uh all those jokes like Connor McDavid single handedly dismantled yep. the Calgary Flames. Um and speaking of Edmonton, why we're there, uh so Kyler Yamamoto gets a two year deal. He'll still be an RFA at the end of it. $3.1 million. 20 goals last year, but he's sort of yeah. middle six pest guy, I remember. Like you like having Yamamoto. We kind of briefly mentioned it, I think, last episode, but we didn't like jokingly. Jesse Pulley Harvey has been re-signed for one year. He'll also have Arb rights at the end of this contract uh as an RFA. Three million dollars. So they do keep, but well, they also have six million dollars currently. You forgot someone. Who did I forget? Tyler Benson at seven hundred thousand. I don't care. Uh, they currently <laughs> have minus six million dollars in cap space, and I do believe they will be fine though because they have both Oscar Clefbaum and Mike Smith on LTIR next year. Um, I forgot Clefbaum. He's a UFA next year. Yes, really feels like his career is done, eh? Because it's been years since he played. I was hopeful he would come back, but came when he got re-injured. That was like the end of it. So I'm. Uh, so Ken Holland, listen, we've 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 made our thoughts clear on Evander Kane plenty here. Um, he does go into the offseason, retains the scoring and what Evander Kane brings on the ice. They choose to keep him with term. Well, we still don't know what's going on with his his own claim with the Sharks on that. Yeah. But as of right now, they do retain Evander Kane. Who is on the wrong side of 30, and that deal could look bad very quickly. But anyway, let's just look at this playoff. They keep him. They keep Jesse Bully Harvey for how long we never know. 
and they retain Kyler Yamamoto. Three pretty important wingers, even though it's so weird to look at the way they value Jesse Bulley-Harvey. It is a fine offseason from Ken Holland, also when you look at the fact they kept Brett Kulak. And again, this is just... I, I, we've talked about Kane so much, but I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm sure yeah. those fans are happy. And of course, yeah, they bring in Jack Campbell too in that. It's, it's, I think if you're an Oilers fan, you know, I think a lot of them were worried Pugliari was going to be gone, but he's there and so is Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the Oilers, they sustained what they wanted and they bring back the guys they needed. I don't know, like, for all that Ken Holland has done, it's just so far so, this is what I feel like, just so far so good this offseason. For him, as offense aside, on on ice, but n- not looking at the other stuff, right? Well, uh, see, here's the thing: there's noise around the Oilers because we still don't know what's going on with Daryl Cates, mm. amongst other things. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge is all I'll say about that. But um, I, there's I don't know why. It's just listen, I want McDavid deep in the playoffs. I do. And right now, the Oilers are in the position where that's going to happen. It's just, I I just, I hate that the Vander Kane got a deal there. I don't like it. I feel like that money then could be allocated somewhere else because it's still, if you look at their signed forwards, they still got like Devin Shore and well, like Fogel is still there. And luckily they wanted to trade him. I just, they're obviously, we saw what McDavid did and got them to the conference finals, right? Off the back of subpar goaltending from Mike Smith. Do they have enough, though, to really put them over the edge and beat the sort of heavy contenders? Not even just in the West, but some of the big guys in the East. I don't think they're there yet. No. And I don't think Evander Kane specifically helps them. Like, I like Yamamoto and Pulley Harvey at $6 million between them. I think that's great value. So I can say that. But... You know, there's there's a lot. There's it a lot. feels to me that it was more of, okay, we were able to find something that clicked, and I'd rather have what we saw already that potentially think not have this and do better. Because I think at this point, if you got McDavid far enough into the conference finals, if you got someone that could actually score with him, if you got these guys you already drafted that, you know, they're solid around the lineup, why rock the boat at this point? It, it's just, that's what I'm thinking that why not strive for better? Like they're thinking, why not strive for better to go against the heavyweights when we know that we're pretty solid where we are at right now mm-hmm. and just hope for the best. Um, If we're going to talk about certain contracts and that, would you like to quickly look at Dom decisions is, is top 10 worst contracts in the league 2022 edition? Yes. I know one of them is going to hurt you, Adam. So it didn't bother me as much. It didn't bother you? Okay. Well, good. Well, good. well, first off, we're not going to go into the details of every single one because you go read the article. Even though if there's one if there's one writer whose stuff gets leaked, I think it's Dom's. Yeah. Um, every screenshot yeah. of every page. Yeah, yeah. Um, number 10 is a funny one is all I'll say. But number nine, he did have Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki starts his contract this year at $7.9 million, eight year. Um, but... What people weren't mentioning is the first line in this part of the article. He said, personally, I'm excited to see how wrong this one is. Um, Now, certain people forget that Dom's model doesn't have it always right. Like, it doesn't justify the fact that the Habs were god-awful. I don't, obviously, it doesn't sort of compare how he played under Marty St. Louis compared to Dom Ducharme. And obviously, there were different roles. Like, once Dom Ducharme came in, a lot more defensive responsibility was then put on Christian Dvorak when Suzuki and Caulfield were sort of said, okay, go score goals. I know what he means right now because if you look at sort of the, the season he had last year, 61 points for about $80 million, sorry, um, like just shy of $8 million. You're kind of like, hmm. But obviously, and I'm not ripping Dom here, but it's like if you watch the Habs and you watch Suzuki and you sort of understand the context, then it's sort of like, okay, you can see the value in the deal. And again, he mentions that he wants to be mm-hmm. wrong. And he's probably going to be. So I don't really, it doesn't bother me too much. He's still in your good graces. Yeah. I Listen, do I agree with everything Dom and his model put out? No. 
and and that and there are certain philosophies that Dom Lecisians has that I respectably disagree with like stuff that he talked about in our lecture halls and that but he's a brilliant mind and like listen his stuff's interesting to read nothing personally against him but I just respectfully don't agree with everything he does but like mm. he justified his Suzuki stuff well not to mention I'm not getting mad about hockey in August <laughs> I've got October to April for that next year so no mm -hmm. uh, Eric Carlson was only number seven on the list uh, I'm surprised by that because that contract I feel that's the one always mentioned so well the, the one is I wish Alex was here because he actually at six had Colton Pareko which I thought was very interesting um, and we'll, we talk about bad deals. Vlasic is also up there at four, by the way. Which I man, the sharks on that list. Uh, yeah, they are. They are nearly everywhere. I do want to talk about one because, listen, um, Stars fans were not happy about this because Tyler Sagan was number one. Uh, I did not know that Tyler Sagan had to learn how to walk again. Apparently. Uh, and I was very critical about the stars this year. I did not know Tyler Sagan had to learn how to walk. It wasn't like Matt Zuccarello had to learn to talk again. Yeah, it's you like intense his? like physiotherapy they had to do and speech therapy. Yeah, so Tyler Sagan, obviously, uh, I think next year, salary-wise, he's the highest paid player in the league, actually. Yeah. It's like 9.9 .9 for five more years, I think, is his deal right now. Um, and Sagan's been hit by injuries for a couple of years, too. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he actually mentions in the article. No, I don't think he mentions exactly that part, like the physical thing that's happened to his body. Um, but, man, I do feel rough. Because Sagan has, like, you think about it, I'm pretty sure during when there was those storms in Dallas a couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure he opened like his old house, the one he had for sick. No, it was it got destroyed. Never mind. I was gonna say, didn't he like open it for charity? But no, it was it was the story was his house got destroyed. Never mind. Um, that's sure that that kills my point. But um, I'm pretty sure didn't the star's owner like again go off about how Sagan and Ben needed to be better? Yeah, where they were supposed to be the leaders of the team. Uh, and I think the stars they've been lucky, or they just been very calculated with the other guys that were making up for the production like like Rupert Hints for example um you know Denis Gurionov has finally become a full-time guy so they've been able to find those stops find these guys Jason Robertson who was a draft steal offensively for them and I don't know what the stars are going to do to be honest like they they're uh they have to retool, I think, the way that the money is. Like they can't go on a full rebuild. And it just it was interesting for me too. Like because we, we talked so much before, like years before, like how Tyler Sagan just he did develop into what he was supposed to be in Dallas. And then suddenly it's just in the years he's supposed to be in his prime, these are when the injuries hit the most. Mm -hmm. Uh in Forza, yeah. It's weird that he's not as young as you think too. Sagan yeah, 2010. Sort of very yeah, he's one of those guys that like you don't realize just how quickly he's grown up because like basically he got engaged recently too, and you're like, oh wow, like he's 30 now. Mm. So the aging curve already is bad, and with the injuries, it just sort of spells disaster, unfortunately. Um, but like, yeah, it's just I remember remember like when him and Jason was it Jason Dickinson actually when everything was going on in the bubble around the George Floyd killing. Yeah. Um, he was actually one of the few who actually kneeled during the game, yeah. um, which that means a lot. And Sagan has had, like, people who have mentioned in his past, he's had some problematic moments, but Party he's sort of shown yeah. how he's grown. And I'm not referring to being late for a team dinner or lunch for the Bruins. I oh, mean, man. Like, the thing that that's circulating again, the picture of him just in the press box. It's a funny picture. Yeah. But, like, Sagan has sort of, I think, at times shown that he's grown up. Yeah. This is unfortunate, man. Um, this is a story that we actually haven't talked a ton about, but I felt it was important to. Uh, Brittany Griner, obviously very famous basketball player, um, who has been in Russian custody for a while now, uh, was recently sentenced to nine years in Russian prison on drug charges. Uh, obviously claimed that she inadvertently brought in the vape cartridges with cannabis oil. Um, now, the thing is... 
I wouldn't be surprised if stuff like if if this sort of situation in her captivity is changed just because of the way the world is right now. If if it mm-hmm. changes, but as of right now, um, you know, I don't think I need to tell you or anyone listening how detrimental it is to be in a foreign prison for at least nine years. Yes. I'm saying at least because it's Russia and everything going on and yeah an American sports star. And we all know what Vladimir Putin is all about when it comes to the world of sports, especially against the Americans. Uh, the guy's never been a stranger to be sports mean a lot to Vladimir Putin. Um, Jane, I think we can acknowledge that. And I'm sure Brittany Griner herself will, will say that, you know, it is a mistake bringing the cartridges like she did. Um, you know, you can say that going to other countries, you need to know the rules, and she did because apparently she plays in Russia in the off season. Yeah, and the uh, like a lot of the leagues there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was just going. She obviously has a history there. She plays in the off season. She's like apologized to her team for the commotion she's caused, which she shouldn't have to do. It can be true that she made the mistake. At the same time, people have pointed out past sort of charges of, of possession of this kind of stuff compared to what Brittany Griner has gotten. Is very clearly there's a discrepancy there because she's an American athlete yeah. and prominent within her league. Both things can be true when I think she made a mistake, yes, but let's also not ignore the fact that there is that, that Russia are very much putting this on for extra effect and just quite frankly being very inhuman about the whole thing. Yeah, it's just it's very tough because. We've been been able to get a lot of the updates on what was going on, and man, like when I first saw the number, where um, is before she was sentenced, where they said it could be up to ten years mm-hmm. for this. Um, my heart dropped quite a bit for that, thinking of what you said: foreign prison. Um, you're a high profile inmate, yes. and it just we just don't know what is going on in Russia in terms of. Not just what's going on globally there, but like in terms of what goes on in the country there. And it's just a scary situation to be in. Um, The one thing I'll I'll say, because I don't have a lot of expertise on this, at least like the legal part of it or what's going on in in terms of the negotiations between the US and Russia, because I really think that's going to take a while. I don't think this is going to be solved anytime soon. And at least that's my opinion. It's just I don't like is the reactions online to this of people saying, oh, good for her. This is what happens when you make a mistake like that. How can you how can you do that? And it's just listen, like we're not all legal experts on this. And the one thing I just don't like, it's like it's become like a meme like thing online. I agree with you. So so people obviously have been doing stuff like. Faking Adrian Wojnarowski, I know I butchered his last name. I'm so sorry. Won't tweet saying like trade is blocked. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, you know, conditional pick added. You know, right now I think she's 31. So mm-hmm. imagine there's a thing that you're going to come out of prison four and one, hopefully at 40. First off, and this isn't. I'm sure this is the least important thing to her right now. That's going to be the rest of her basketball career. Um. But just what you lose in life. Like, Daniel, what I like thinking about is nine years ago, how old was I? Like 13? Mm -hmm. Think of the world back then, like 2012-ish. You just sort of think of how much the world has changed. When she comes out, what's it going to be like? Yeah. You know, I I always go on about perspective and trying to put myself in someone else's shoes right now. Uh, She must be scared. We talked about our reactions to seeing the news. Like, what else can she think about why she's been there and imprisoned? Mm-hmm. Try and think about your family. Apparently, I think there was there there. It was either like Fourth of July. She was supposed to put in, in touch with her wife. I believe they're married. Um, didn't happen. So, what communication has she sort of had with relatives and family and loved ones and that? Not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, um, you know, Daniel, normally I'm the type of person who's never really, I'm never afraid of gallows humor and stuff like that, but there are certain times I'm like, I don't know about that. And yeah. some of the stuff with Brittany Griner, I'm like, I don't know about that, guys. Whenever there's an update, like, from a legitimate source, I never look at the comments anymore, no, especially for this story. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, 
tough to move on from, but we should. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to wait a little bit more to talk about um, Brenda Moore stepping down in Hockey Canada, not Rod Brenda Moore, obviously, because people were thinking that. Um, just because it feels like maybe more is coming. Yeah. Um, but and there was some stuff to do with with a few weeks ago about like Hockey Canada leadership coming down and. Um, uh, Daniel, I don't know if we can talk about the World Juniors, like the actual games coming up. Like, I don't know if we can. Yeah, it's really tough for me because, like, I guess on the individual level, just, you know, I I am the biggest Mason McTavish fan on this podcast. And the fact that he's the first line center, I want to get excited about that. Or you'll see a guy who I've spoken, uh, I've spoken about several times that it was unfortunate in the bubble he gets injured, doesn't make the team, Tyson Forrester. And other guys too, like they're getting their chances right now. We talk about Joshua Wah and it just, it's hard for me to really get excited like the same way I was before. I've, I've said it before on the podcast. I apologize for any listeners that, you know, I, we, I had that real junior bias. I had that nostalgia, that fandom for it. And it's just so weird now to say like, to just go back and say, okay, let's talk about the games. Think of it like this, right? Is when you mentioned the names, Ducks prospect Mason McTavish, Habs prospect Joshua Waugh are both on the line with Connor Bedard. Anaheim and Montreal, two teams, realistically could have a real chance at Connor Bedard next year. Mm-hmm. We should be throthing at the mouth talking about that. But it's just everything around the world juniors right now is just sort of, it's tainted by Hockey Canada and sort of the alleged actions against sort of, or the allegation, let's say, against past sort of teams and, and, and members, I should say, players. It's just sort of right now there there's a sort of cloud around them. Uh, so, yeah. Um, actually, do you know what, Daniel? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get my phone. I don't know if it was if it was just Alex and I or you, but remember how when all the, the this stuff was coming out with Hockey Can and they said there was there was one person who had been involved in four different allegations, four different settlements of Hockey Canada. Oh, I couldn't yeah, remember. I, th- I think I remember we were talking about this. Yes, yeah. I've screenshotted it on my phone. I'm just going to go grab it because I wanted to mention it on the show. Um, okay. One of the things it was an Ottawa coach. I don't think like a senator's coach, but like an I think it was an Ottawa-based coach. Uh, let me find it. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm just going through. Lawson Krauss resigned in Arizona. We don't have time to talk about that, so maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Habs, by the way, Kirby Doc may be announced later, depending on when they can put Paul Byron in LTIR. I wanted to do a thing with a goalie thing, but it wasn't the right time. Patch ready too. I think we can wait. Rich Clune. Um, <coughs> so this is from Rick Westhead. Found the screenshot. Ottawa hockey coach Kelly Jones was sentenced to eight years in prison in 2014 for sexually assault for sexual assaults involving 11 victims over three decades. Hockey Canada told me Jones is the perpetrator who was mentioned but unnamed in government hearings this week tied to four abuse settlements worth more than $1 million. So that was his name. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, I wanted to mention it. Yeah. Um, Kelly Jones was his name. Um, you can sort of read articles out there. A uh, bit difficult to read, but they are out there. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Beside that, yeah, I think we can sort of wait. I wanted to have a bit of fun to, to end the show here, Daniel. And I think okay. we can wait for Rich Clune and the Mark Dumont stuff when we have Alex here. Bit of a shorter episode, um, but just sort of go with the flow. So what I want to do here, Daniel, is I want to look at how many teams are going for the playoffs next year and how many teams are going for Connor Bedard. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it feels like there's a bit of a discrepancy here. Okay. So the Montreal Canadiens, Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. The Coyote, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. The Kraken, I think they've gotten better. I think in the middle. Like they're I think they're gonna They're trying to get better. We're gonna know 30 games in. Depends on their goaltending. If <laughs> yes. if their goal if their new goaltending coach works out, then uh fine. But if not, then it's it's you don't know what the Pacific. The Flyers are trying to be good, but I think on a Bedard eventually, like for them, same thing. Thirty games in. Uh, the Devils. Ooh, it's uh, tough, eh? I'll say the playoffs. I'll be confident for a third year in a row for them. I'll yeah. say they're going for the playoffs. Chicago. 
There, yeah. Bottom of dart. Yeah, the, the thing. It's uh, yeah. so obvious. Ottawa, Ottawa are actually trying this year, which is Yeah, nice. playoffs. Detroit have made moves to try, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buff, I'm going on reverse order of the standings, by the way, from last year. Um, Buffalo. I think they will go for Connor McDard, but in a more positive way than we've ever seen before. AK, they will not do what they did for to try and get McDavid. Yes. Uh, Anaheim, I think, are Connor Bedard. The Sharks, I don't think they're trying to go for Connor Bedard, but I think they're going to be there. They, they will, just based on how they play. The Blue Jackets? Ooh, I think playoffs. Um, the Islanders. I think they're playoffs. I think going to bounce back. We're all waiting for Kadri, right? The Winnipeg Jets. What direction are they taking? They're going to go for the playoffs, but they're not going to make it. Vancouver. Go for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I wonder how they're going to play this year. Vegas. I mean, playoffs. Yeah, they have to try and go. Nashville made their moves. Dallas. Still need to sign some important free agents, RFAs. You like to think they're going to try and win? Since you bring in Pete DeBoer. I don't know. Same with LA, probably going. I'm going towards the top of the standings here, so I think everyone else is pretty much go for the playoffs. But it's like the team's really going for it. Like mm. Chicago, I mentioned before, just being so shameless about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but man, he's gonna be good. Like it's looking like a special draft next year. I'm excited. I also can't wait for people to argue the Bedard shouldn't be one and be wrong. <laughs> oh, we know who you are. Okay, Daniel. All right. Um, that's everything for today. Uh we gotta get this to Alex. Oh goodness gracious. I'm tired, man. Yeah, it's a tiring day. Yeah, day off tomorrow though, so that's nice. We both worked today, but we we grinded it out for the listeners. Yeah, excuse my audio because my mic hates me, and I didn't want to. I didn't plug my ring light in because I was running late. Anyway, I had a shower and then immediately my hair is still wet. Actually, still looks good though. When you have thick hair like I do, it just looks better when it's wet sometimes. Yeah, wet and greasy. Sorry, wet, comma then greasy is when it looks like it's best. But then you want greasy hair, and then... it's the price of beauty, Dan. Of course. I also haven't shaved, so I kind of look like a mess to be honest today. That's everything. Hard and veteran. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah, we are the vets of the show, and Alex is the young and even though he's only younger yes. than me, but you know. Anyway. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>